Welcome back to Employment Insights with the NRTC. On this episode, we are joined by guest Quan Laysath and our host, Sylvia Stinson Perez. Continue listening to hear about Quan's employment journey and how he gained professional development through volunteering for TASC and his journey on becoming a mentor for others. Welcome, Quan. I am so excited to have you with us today. Juan and I have known each other for about five years, and we were participating in a business training program together, and I was so impressed with Juan, and so I've been able to watch his career over the past five or so years, and I just thought he would be an ideal guest for us to have on. So welcome, Juan. Well, thank you so much. It's um, it's a pleasure being on, and um I'd like to say that I was very impressed with you in the BMT program, um, business management training program. Therefore, I um, asked during that program for you to be my mentor. And yeah. So thank you so much for um, thinking about me. Well, I can tell you and everyone, Quan, that I've learned as much from you as you possibly could have learned from me. So let's start with you sharing a little bit about your vision loss journey. So, um, yes, absolutely. So my eye condition, I have um, macular degeneration. And what that is, is uh, when your central vision um, deteriorates very quickly. And over time, your peripheral vision deteriorates um, very slowly, but over time, it does deteriorate. And um, to illustrate that, as a child, I was able to read regular print. And throughout my lifetime, I went from reading regular print to large print to then using a magnifier um, with large print to then not even really being able to reprint at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have some central, excuse me, some peripheral vision left. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure that's pretty helpful for getting around too. So, yes. So, Quan, tell us about your work journey. You've had quite a few interesting jobs. And so, share that with us. Okay. Well, um, I started out in the banking sector, in the private sector. Um, as a loan servicing specialist, um, eventually I moved up to being the team lead for that for that team. Um, I ended my my career in the private sector as a underwriter assistant. Um, the reason I left that the private sector is because I was facing a accessibility barrier. Um, our division was incorporating a new platform that wasn't accessible. Um, so from there, I moved on to work for the National Industries for the Blind, a central not for profit up in Alexandria, Virginia. While there, I worked as a price analyst. Um, Eventually, I was promoted to a operations support manager. And then I was promoted again to a um, base supply center program manager. Um, And then I thought about having this great idea of exploring something totally different, something totally new um, out of my wheelhouse. So I I applied and I um, got the opportunity to be a business development manager in a startup. Um, company, which is totally different from my previous experience. It was very exciting, uh, very stressful, but had a lot of fun, learned a lot of things. Um, But eventually it was um, time to have a more stable uh, work-life balance. And I moved on to being a contract manager at a not-for-profit that employs people who are blind and visually impaired. Um, So that's where I'm at now. Great. Well, that that is exciting, Quan, and you have had a, a journey. And so, as we mentioned, I met you through a formal business 
training program, a leadership program, share with us, and this was not required by your job, but share with us why you feel formal education, training programs, and, you know, just even developing your personal professional skills are so important to your career success. Absolutely. Um, Why do I feel that? So I came across a book um, and the title of that book is uh, What Got You There? What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Um, And the contents of that book is really about, you know, changing your personal personal behaviors. Therefore, you can be more successful. But it was the title of that book that really, um, really stuck with me. Um, It really told me, you know, all the talents, all the skills, all the knowledge that I had that got me into this, you know, whatever seat I was in at the time would not necessarily get me into that next seat. Um, And what that title, what that statement does not say is that continuous self-improvement is required to get to that next seat. Um, So with our um, training program that we both participated in, um, I learned throughout that program, you know, different different experiences, different knowledge and different, um, different areas of, um, that I was lacking in, um, actually turned my uh, perspective around in several different, um, in areas. I thought some departments were, um, more, um, more, um, I guess what would be the word more of a luxury than a necessity. Um, but you know, through that program, I, I was, ex- I experienced, situations and information that brought in my perspective. And I think, you know, when we're looking at, you know, formal programs in companies, um, training programs, certificate programs, even, um, you know, furthering your education outside of, outside of, you know, training programs, I think that's something that everyone needs to um, sit back and, and look at that, you know, this, this here is an opportunity for you to understand, you know, set down your prejudices, your pre-prejudices and, really understand what's going on. Um, I like to always tell a story about when I came in as a um, law specialist, my language was very, very direct. Here's the situation. Um, here's what, what I need. Um, when can I get it from? And over time, um, through training, through Toastmasters, through my BMT program, through um, even my MBA, and just through having great mentors, I realized, you know, that that way of communicating is, is decent. It, it get the job done, but how, how actively and how effectively have I benefited that relationship um, through that, you know, tone of communication. Um, and through these training programs, I definitely have improved on my communication skills. Um, I'm able to collaborate and motivate and influence individuals uh, much more effectively than I have in the past. So what really strikes me, Quan, from what you just were sharing is that although the programs that you're talking about in many ways were very technical skilled programs, they were about business skills. Yes. Yet the things you walked away and that you remember and that you grew in were soft skills like communications and relationship building and understanding the team and collaboration. So I think that's fascinating. Of course, I know you develop the technical skills as well, but you also really develop the soft skills and recognize the need to. And sometimes it's even just that recognition that you need to is why participating in 
things outside of our box or that are not required or so important. I found this quote from this guy, Gregory Wade, and it says, every single opportunity we're presented with gives us an opportunity to learn, to grow, and to be inspired and to share that with others. And I think that really exemplifies what you're saying there. Thank you. That's an amazing quote. (laughs) (laughs) So you have stepped up to take on new roles. You volunteered for projects. And something that I think having been, you know, in a career for a while (laughs) is that in the beginning, and I know that I've talked to you about this in the beginning, you have to say yes to a lot of projects. And that is how you get a lot of skills. You go to other departments and you say, I want to learn. I want to grow my skills. I want to experience what this other part of the team does. So share with us a little bit about that, because I think that is so critical is that sometimes we get stuck in, well, I'm just going to stay over here in my little cubicle and do my job and not going to float out there. And truly successful people have gone past those boundaries and they've they've taken on other responsibilities. And, and I will say that the more experience you have, <laughs> the less you have to do that. But in the beginning, you have to do that a lot. And then you can be a lot more choosy as time goes by. And I'm not saying not to be choosy about taking on other responsibilities, but you will definitely have to say yes a lot more. So tell us your perspective on that, Juan. Yes, I absolutely agree with that that philosophy. And thank you so much for teaching me that philosophy. Um, what what happens that a lot of times is that you, as a, as a newbie to the career, um, you come in and you say, well, this is my job duties and you want to master, you want to do the best job you can because you don't want to be exited. You don't want to have that, you know, pink slip on your, on your desk, right? <laughs> Um, but what happens is that you, you're, you're siloed. You don't understand what comes before your, before your process and you don't want to understand what comes after your process. You don't understand, you know, how your work impacts others. Um, and what happens when you start reaching out and start saying yes to those projects? One, you're going to make friends. You're going to make, meet colleagues. You're going to get exposed to opportunities and knowledge that you wouldn't have been exposed to if you're just sitting there with your head down, getting, getting your work done. And what that ultimately does is help makes you more valuable in your position um, as an individual. So now that you know what you know, division A, B, and C does, and how you your division affects that, um, you're more knowledgeable when it comes to if you need a um, if you need to improve your process. If there's a gap out there and you can see a solution for it, you know, well, if I do A um, at this point in the process, then y'all don't even have to worry about that. Um, it's taking care of you know upstream. Um, it that is so so important. Um, additionally, when it comes to um, networking, and it comes to building your your circle of of friends and your circle of colleagues, you know, find those individuals in different departments that you can reach out to, and you know, tap them as a source. Actually, before this this podcast here, um, I called one of my previous. Um, previous colleagues in another department. And I said, Hey, you know, I just had a, had a rough hour and 15 minute call. Um, want to bounce this, this off you. And if you can provide any other insight into, 
um, what am I experiencing? Um, you know, let me know. And, you know, lo and behold, three years ago, he was dealing with the same situation, same department, just a different person in that department. Um, and he, he provided guidance on where he, you know, um, went right at where he failed at and, you know, suggestions for me to you know help me move forward. Um, you know, he asked me some questions and some favors and I said, Hey, this is where I'm at with his, his favors. And he's like, Hey, you know, whenever you can you know, deliver for me, um, I would truly appreciate it. Cause I, you know, I need it over here. Um, so it, that is so important to say yes at the beginning. I fully agree. That's awesome. So let's switch our gears a little bit to mentors because, you know, you might not have recognized that as a mentor moment, but that was such a mentor moment. And we can have formal mentors who are people who we have an arrangement with that you maybe meet with on a regular basis, or your company might have a mentor program where they assign someone to you. But more often is that we have these amazing people who are those informal mentors, those people that are go-to people who we know Maybe they've had a similar experience or they're just trusted people who we can get some guidance from. And a mentor doesn't tell you what to do. We know that. But I found this awesome quote from Denzel Washington. Show me a successful individual and I'll show you someone who had real positive influences in his or her life. I don't care what you do for a living. If you do it well, I'm sure there was someone cheering you on or showing you the way, a mentor. So, Quan, you've sought out mentors in your life. How do you find mentors, use mentors effectively? And what positive impact have mentors had in your career and in your life? So, how do you find them? How do you effectively use them? And then what's been that positive impact for you? Well, um, I would not be where I'm at today without the people who've taken the time to pour their wisdom into me. Um, you know, I'm a hard worker. Um, I'm a go-getter, but yeah, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without my mentors. Um, how do I go about seeking seeking out mentors. Well, I, I do a lot of self-reflection. I, I realize and identify opportunities for growth for myself. And I, I seek that out in other individuals. If, um, you know, if I see person A that's, you know, great at, you know, collaborating, I'm going to reach out to that person and say, hey, you know, this is my career goal. This is where I want to be. I see that, you know, collaborating is, is huge for, you know, this you know, position. You know, I am... I'm at the bottom. I'm, I'm at zero when it comes to understanding and, you know, being effective at, at, at collaborating. How can I move from being, you know, where I'm at now to where I need to be? Um, and that person's typically, you know, willing to just pour, you know, their experiences and their thoughts and, um, and even their, you know, if they see roadblocks, um, hey, you're going to run into, you know, this roadblock and this is, this is a suggestion on how you handle it. I'm not going to tell you how to handle it, but here's a suggestion on how to get around this roadblock. Um, and you, as you said, that cheerleader, um, additionally, um, some mentors even act as what I, what I call sponsors. Um, and a sponsor is, is a whole nother different level. Um, there's mm -hmm. someone that was willing to, you know, spend political capital, um, 
you know, to leverage their either their position or or favor to get you in a position, get you into a conversation, get you in, you into a room, which would expose you um, to things that you know uh, to a situation that you never would have been exposed to. Um, and those individuals, I give you know, I I really I'm really thankful for my mentors, and I'm you know totally gracious and thankful for my um for my sponsors that I guess my mentors also. That's awesome. So another good quote, a mentor is a brain to pick, an ear to listen, and a push in the right direction. (laughs) Absolutely. And that was a John C. Crosby quote, but I love that because it's so true is sometimes a mentor just gives you that push you need. Yeah. And the mentor is um, able to hold you accountable. Yeah. Um, so Benjamin Disraeli said, the greatest good you can do for another is not to just share your riches, but to reveal to another person his own. So helping people see their capabilities, their talents, because a lot of times we underestimate our own abilities and you know, our own potential in, in many ways. And so someone to line up behind you and say, you can do this is so important. But then to also say, how can I help you achieve this? So Quan, what are the blindness skills that have helped you in your career journey? What, what's really important? What are some really important skills that someone has to have Wow. Um, let's see here. I will start off with the first blindness skill I, I obtained was um, mobility, the ability to walk by myself, get from point A to point B, um, you know, the ability to think of my feet and be flexible. Like if I run into a situation where they have road construction, I'm able to, you know, reroute myself and in a safe way, of course, but, you know, still get to that location on time. Um, that is major when you're you know talking to someone in an interview space and you're um they're asking you okay well not to be not to be a jerk or anything but how are you going to get to work when i when i hire you and if you're able to say hey well look i'm going to walk out my door i'm going to walk to the bus stop i'm going to get on the 715 bus stop and i'm going to ride that bus until i get to you know whatever stop and then what i'm going to do after that i'm gonna get off i'm gonna cross the road um walk three blocks. I'm going to take a left and I'm going to walk into the office (laughs) and I'm going to make my way to my desk. I mean, when you say that with confidence, Mm. that changes the whole game. I mean, you know, because many of the, uh, many of the hiring managers have not met a blind person before. Mm. So their understanding, the understanding of a person's capability is really is lacking. It's, it's, it's lacking in the sense of they're just not informed. Right. Um, The second skill I would say is the technical skills. Um, so I'm a JAWS user. Um, and as a, you know, as when I came into, you know, using JAWS, a lot of things were accessible. Um, when I got my first job at, well, at the, in the banking industry, everything was accessible, right? Uh, when I was pushing to move into that team lead space, into that assistant underwriter space, you know, 50 to 70% of things were not accessible um, from the jump. But, you know, through my JAWS knowledge, through, you know, understanding, understanding uh, other tools that are out there to my um, for my use, 
I was able to uh, adapt and make those things, make that job or make that experience successful for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. So my next question is about the soft skills. And you just mentioned a couple being a problem solver, being confident. So share with us the soft skills that are so critical for success. Um, definitely, I would say problem solving, um, being able to advocate. Um, so that kind of goes with that communication skills um, because you have to communicate um, to the right audience, to, their, to the right audience in the right tone. Um, Yes, you can you can vent to your friends about accessibility, but let's go with the solution when you um, go you're presenting your your boss with accessibility issue, right? Um, additionally, things that have made me successful, I would say, um, listening, um, listening for what is what's being said and what is not being said, um, and I follow that up with asking good questions and, of course, doing my own research. Well, I'm going to say that I like that you mentioned explaining with confidence how you were going to do something, how you were going to get to work, how you were going to use technology. And I think that's part of self-advocacy is being able to say it with confidence. And you said that makes all the difference. And I think that's so, so true. Yes, it is. Same with confidence. Um, <laughs> it's something that you, you pick up in Toastmasters, something that you pick up um, just observing observing life. Um, you know, somebody can say the sky is red and you know that means nothing to a blind person, right? But, um, you know, if they say it enough with confidence, you know, people around them are looking like, okay, what part of the sky is red they're, they're talking about there? Mm -hmm. um, obviously he sees it and I'm not seeing it. Let me, get, let me check my glasses here. Um, mm -hmm. And this person could be totally wrong. Um, but they're saying it with confidence. Therefore, they're, you know, influencing others around them to believe that he's seeing red. <laughs> yeah. And, and to, to just, you know, go with that is that when you say, I can do this job, I know 100% I can, and here's how I'm going to do it. Here's yeah. how I'm going to get here. Here's how I'm going to do the job. It, it speaks volumes. It truly does. Correct. So, Quan, can you provide just one major insight that you would give to someone who's, you know, coming into a career, um, making a career transition, maybe because they've experienced vision loss, just something that you think is so important for people to really understand that are new to blindness or just new to a job oh, wow. that can really help them. Um, and if I can, I can give two pieces of advice. You can um, give two. Okay. So there's in that, in that area, that space where you're looking at um, applying for jobs or getting that first job or you're in that gap between two careers, right? Um, my advice is perseverance because you're going to hear and receive a lot of no's. Um, and, you know, eventually, you know, that may start wearing you down, but just remind yourself you're looking for that one yes. And that's all you really, you need that one person, that one organization that says, all right, let's do it. Let's go after it. Let's, um, we'll figure it out on our way. Um, let's make this work. So for those individuals in that gap here, um, I, I would say just be persistent um, there. For those individuals who are entering their career or they are entering a new career from the gap year, I would say for those individuals, 
practice continuous self-improvement, that will serve you well in so many ways. Um, when you're walking into a new career, so you, you, you need to learn, right? Um, you need to learn what you're doing. You need to learn what everyone else is doing around you. Um, but also you're, as you improve on your communication, your knowledge about the industry, um, you're just going to get better. Um, you know, continue networking, continually asking for great advice, um, self-learning, self-improvement also. But yeah, just self-improvement there. A self, continuous self-learning. Mm-hmm. I like continue, continuous self-learning because being a lifelong learner is really just, it, it's something that's essential, essential because, well, number one, you never know when you're going to have a, a job change, a career change, a life change. You just never know. But also, if there's one thing we've learned is that you never know when things on your job are going to change. <laughs> so um, just always being working on skills. So one thing that occurs to me that as, as you were talking is that, you know, someone who's maybe new to vision loss or, you know, learning the skills, they might go through a lot of technology training, go through orientation and mobility skills training, even do independent living skills training. And then they go home and they don't have a job yet. Yeah, they don't continue to work on those skills. And if we don't use those skills, they get rusty. So you've got to get out, even if you have really, quote, nowhere to go. Well, right. you need to go out and volunteer. You need to just go out, na- walk the neighborhood, take the bus, use the paratransit, use the ride chair, whatever it is you're going to use to get to work. Eventually, you need to go out there and practice using that. Take that as an opportunity to practice and build those skills. And it takes years to become a really good traveler, you know, a really good cane user, et cetera. So that's an opportunity to practice. Um, Practice those technology skills. Get on there, write resumes, um, get on the Internet, look for jobs. Don't wait for someone else to do that for you. Make sure you're working on building those skills. Um, because I find the more I use the computer, the more problems happen. So the more I have to be, be a problem solver, <laughs> it's so annoying, but it's so true. But if I just let it sit, which one day when I retire, I literally am like, I don't want to see a computer again when I retire. <laughs> but but uh, it, it's so true that the more we use it, the better you become a problem solver in the technology world. So, but if you're not using it, the same with your independent living skills. If you want to be a safe cook, you've got to actually cook. So practicing all of those skills, even if you, quote, don't think you need them at the moment, you do because you need to build them. Yes. So, so important. Um, I love that persistence and lifelong learning. And Great insights. Oh, you want to add one more. Okay. Well, you, you <laughs> brought it up when you used the word opportunity um, mm-hmm. and volunteering. Um, that, that's, that's so important um, because you, you're able to utilize those skills in the, in a volunteering. You're able to, you know, keep mm-hmm. sharpening your tool set. Right. And mm-hmm. I would tell you this, nobody, you know, voluntarily turn down free labor. Um, you know, even if they had, you know, no, no um, understanding about, you know, what a blind person can do. If you walk up to them and say, hey, I will start um, doing this, you know, research for you for free. I will start typing your memos up for you for free. Um, just give me an opportunity. 
yeah, you're going to get somebody that says, absolutely, let's try. Let's, let's see if this works. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of mention that. And, you know, so Quan, something else to say about that is sometimes, you know, people, I've heard people say in my many years in this field, well, I'm not going to work for free. <laughs> well, you mm. know what? That is technically, you're not getting a paycheck, but you're getting a lot of experience. Yes. And, you know, truly successful people often volunteer outside of even their career. And I know you and I both volunteer. We have successful careers, but we also volunteer. And my volunteer work has nothing to do with what I do as a, for a job. Nothing to do with it. And it is actually hard work labor. (laughs) So, but, you know, I am learning stuff there. I'm networking, I'm socializing, you know, it's just a good, it's a good thing to do. So um, don't think of it as, quote, free labor. Think of it as an opportunity to learn, to grow, to network, because you just never no. This has been a fantastic conversation. So I'm going to ask you one more question. Okay. What is one quote, life motto saying that has really that you live by? Like, this is like who I am. It drives me. Uh, um, Zig Ziglar said something to the fact that I'll probably totally mess it up, right? Um, That's okay. Something to the fact that success... Um, success only comes when preparation meets opportunity. Um, uh, I think that's what it was. And, uh-huh. you know, I, I break that down on so many different levels, but you know, that, that preparation piece there, you know, mm-hmm. that continuous learning <laughs> that equates to a continuous learning for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then opportunity, I mean, yes, a beautiful opportunity can, can come up, but if you're not prepared for it, then it's just going to pass you by. Um, so yeah. I, I live by that quote, just always continue improving, preparing um, for opportunities that may come that I expect um, to come. And then, you know, if something out of the blue comes up, then, hey, if I'm prepared for it, then I'm going to go after it. So, Quan, yes. I know that you said you benefited from mentoring, but now you are a mentor for people and you've even started a mentoring program where you work. Share with us a little bit about that and why you did it and you know what's what what's that impact for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, so something one of my mentors drilled into me is that people have a lot of potential. And if you tap into their potential, um, you not only better um, them as an individual, you better whoever they help in the in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came at my um, organization I'm currently at, I've seen a lot of just a lot of potential around me. And, you know, on the side as a side thing, I was, you know, sending people, you know, classes and, hey, you know, you know, let's have a conversation during our lunchtime. Um, and this got, you know, pushed up to, um, it was supposed to be a negative thing, right? You got pushed up to the executive team that, you know, Quan is taking time during his lunch, you know, talking to people about stuff, you know, whatever. And, the leadership, senior leadership looked at it as like, okay, well, hey, let's um let's put him in charge of this, you know, mentor program that we've been thinking about doing. 
Um, so when the idea was proposed to me, they're like, hey, you're I, we already know that you're mentoring and they just put it out there. Um, <laughs> all the people I was mentoring on the side um, that I just came in contact with. And they're like, how about let's you know do a formal mentoring program? So earlier this year, um, I got a team together and we designed a formal mentoring program. And um, during the summer, we actually kicked it off. So we had 10 mentors, um, 10 mentees, um, some that we went out and recruited, um, recruited men men some mentors and then we went out and recruited some mentees because just with our communication, our structure, we wanted to make sure that individuals who would um, benefit from this you know, type of structure program were actually you know, apply for the program. Um, so we, we set it up, we connected them, um, we set up a structure in which we designed a framework not to, um, not a curriculum in which to control their interactions, but a framework, framework in which they could benefit from their interactions. Mm -hmm. um, and we for we wanted to start off with a 12 month program, but we said, hey, we'll we'll start off with a six month program only to understand what we did correctly and what we did well. And then take a lot of feedback from um, from the experience and then approve on that. And then we'll for our next session, we'll you know push a nine to 12 month program out there. Um, but it's been a excellent experience um, building on a program and then also kind of managing the program now. Um, it it has not taken away from my um, mentoring uh, responsibilities um, still during my lunchtime, still call, check on my mentor mentees, see how they're doing, see if um, see what the environment's like. Um, just, you know, listening to their tone, checking to see if they're you know feeling nervous, feeling tired. So I give that word of encouragement, um, you know, some other mentees I have to um, encourage and hold them accountable for for not moving forward in their in their goals and their professional development because you know sometimes we all need that um that push and mm -hmm. you know, that <laughs> that um sense of somebody's watching me <laughs> um and somebody's watching me that cares about my my future um so they're only you know asking me to do this and asking me to do what i said i was going to do because they they you know know it benefits myself right um so it, it involves all that. And I, I really do appreciate the, the time that I have to um, participate in as a, as a mentor and also as, um, you know, creating this program to help other people get mentored. And beyond the benefit to others and to you personally, you've had a career, you know, advantage as well because management saw, recognized and acted on that. And you never yeah. know where that is going to lead. Yes. Great job. Thank you. That's brilliant. Brilliant, Quan. And I know that to be so true about you. I value as you as a friend. And just so thank you so much for being here. So I'm going to leave with this great quote that um, I have loved being a mentor for you. But as I said, I have learned as much from you as you could have possibly learned from me. But I love this Whoopi Goldberg quote. And I mean, I've, I've known this one for a little while. We're here for a reason. I, be, I believe a bit of the reason is to throw little torches out to lead people through the dark. And that to me, that represents mentoring. And so 
Thank you so much for being here and sharing your brilliant insights and your journey with us. You are fantastic. Thank you so much for having me.